1: This is Make it M.I.P. with so Mark Thompson, Make it Get Woke. You know what today is? It's Thursday, so you know what that means. We're always blessed to have with us the founder of Daily Coast and the founder of Civics with the queue, So let's get into, you know, we're friends. We were just talking about our holiday plans or a lack thereof. Uh, and we touched on this a little bit last week, but let's talk about it a little bit more. And, and Marcos was just saying off mic, I'm going to say what he said off mic. He said he's not very impressed with the resilience of the American people
2: right now. Hey
1: That's man, good to see you.
2: <laughs> Good, how you doing? I, I love the uh, John Osoff and uh, Warnock rapper. Yeah, yeah.
1: we're going to get into Very that. Cool. And they're wearing masks. they're yes.
2: ma- <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird.
1: You know, which is what everybody else ought to be doing.
2: I was just <laughs> looking at a list. I was just looking at a list of the 10 most COVID-stricken states and with the highest rate and the uh, 10 states with the lowest rate. And without any exceptions, the 10 lowest rates, which are still high, were all blue states and the 10 highest rate states were all red states. And we're not, we're talking 50% yeah. pepper rate. This is like Iowa, Wyoming, the Dakotas. It's an absolute eek. It's a, it's a humanitarian disaster. And, um, there, obviously there's no national strategy. Uh, Biden can't even get access, the transition team can't get access to um, the data that the feds have. And uh, and then people seem to n- not care or they're just over it. And I was just thinking, um, this is an American people that was tough through World War II, right? I mean, the, the resilience of the American people and it, wearing a mask that broke America, that literally broke America wearing a fricking mask.
1: yeah, but I think it it takes something as minuscule as a mask, not that the pandemic is minuscule, but just that one singular object, Marcos, to demonstrate the power of someone like donald trump and in other words, you know people will say, you know well. He doesn't have any influence on on us. We do whatever we want to do. But the fact of the matter is he has influenced people to minimize the pandemic and therefore minimize masks. Um, And between him and Fox News, man, um, my friends over Media Matters and other people organically on Twitter saying um, Fox is eligible for a class action suit because they, they almost single handedly have been telling people not to wear masks for ever since the time this started. People saying we could put together class action for illness and death and lay that at the feet of of Fox News, literally. So if you didn't have Trump and you didn't have Fox News, who would be making a big deal about a mask? They couched this in such a way that it, it became an act of resistance. No, police. Reform is an act of resistance, not not wearing a stupid
2: mask, wearing a freaking mask. And it's it's not even to protect you. It's to protect everybody around you. So these are the same people that supposedly are Christian. Right. And, And love thy neighbor. But you know what? Infecting the neighbor and potentially killing her, that's apparently okay. I cannot understand. I will never understand. And Mark, you probably saw this, right? There was this whole cottage industry of of anti-maskers and COVID deniers who would say like, I can't wait for the election to be over because then the Democrats will stop talking about the COVID hoax Yeah, because they think like they do, right? Like the, the Honduran caravan hoax or the MS-13 gang members, you know, they're, um, or Antifa coming for your rural white county for no reason, right? I mean, those are hoaxes that disappeared during, after the election. We've seen that. They think we're the same way. We're not the same way. And they thought that, oh, good, once the election's over, we can stop talking about COVID. And I wish we could stop talking about COVID, not if the election's over. Uh, but it's worse. And, Mark, this was this was so predictable, remember? I mean, did you see those those charts of the Spanish flu? and maybe somewhere it's it's you got a little bump the first round then you had the summer where things got quiet and then there's this big spike right everybody knew this was coming and yet here we are in that big spike and it's only growing from here
1: yeah yeah
2: it's it's it's
1: only it's only getting worse 10 people gathering they're closing schools in New York City um beginning today um and you're right this. We used to take the transition process for granted, but now we're seeing that that's actually it's not just folks showing up at the White House for tea on inauguration day and doing the whole thing. There is a process for continuity, institutional continuity of government, and that's being undermined. This is scorched earth and sabotage. That's why when sometimes when you fire people, you have to score them out the same day. Yeah because they'll sabotage what's going on. Th- this could, I mean, not to mention everything else that could set back national security and whatnot, but it's gonna set back the plan, any competent plan. Anything other than what Trump has done is a competent plan. So if Biden called Marcos to me today, hey guys, I need you and Mark to come up with a plan. We could come up with something on this show that would be more competent than what Trump has done. So Biden has a whole team, but they can't do what they need to do to save the rest of our lives because they refuse to acknowledge that the election is over. We saw what happened in Wayne County. What what was that?
2: Racism. Right.
1: I mean, what else was it?
2: I mean, that's what it was. And it was really funny about that. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you've talked about it already. People know what you're talking about, but the counties in Michigan have split uh, commissioners that that certify the vote and you need a majority, right? So it's two Republicans, two Democrats. Both Republicans originally voted against it, uh, deadlocking it so you didn't have a majority and it would have worked out eventually. So it was really more of a tantrum than anything else. But I think the blowback was so severe and the rationale for blocking that was so ridiculous. That those Republicans actually caved two hours later. You know, it was really funny, Mark. I don't know if you noticed, but Trump started tweeting about it like it was a big victory after (laughs) the Republicans had caved. So he's just for, but it was like four or five tweets, you know, talking about how great it was, what was happening in Michigan after the vote actually had been certified, and he didn't comment on it again until this more Wednesday. What day are we in? Uh Wednesday morning. And um uh he didn't comment it until Wednesday morning. I like I don't think anybody wanted to tell him. I think everybody was afraid to go up and say you're tweeting about something that's actually not true. So I actually thought that was pretty funny. Um and we got, we got to get our little bit of levity and, and, and chuckles in it, because this is actually kind of serious. And and the refusal of, of this administration to sort of pave the way for the transition team really is dangerous. And like you said, Mark, couldn't need your national security, but certainly push pushes us back in our ability to handle the virus uh, in January, particularly with vaccines trying to hit the market. I guess
1: they intend to never acknowledge defeat. And I anticipate they probably won't participate in any of the handheld no, no. January 20th itself. Is that, you think that's what's going on or, or that's the plan?
2: Yeah, I think I think the plan is to delay the final determination as long as possible. So Um, Atlanta allows for a recount. They just did a hand recount, so there's no reason to do another recount, but they're going to ask for that full recount because they don't have to pay for it, the state of Georgia does, and it'll delay that ability to say the votes have been counted. So they're going to drag it out as long as possible for two reasons. One is they got the grift. He's got to get the grift, and he's raising money off these, uh, basically what they're, they're fake lawsuits Uh, In a lot of places, like in Pennsylvania, they'll file a lawsuit that applies to 500 ballots, but then they'll go to their email list and say, Donald Trump is fighting in Pennsylvania to count all legal votes. Send us money. So one is is you got to keep the grift going. Two is Trump is clearly he thinks he's running again in 2024, uh, whether he's alive or in jail and he can't do it. Beside the point, he thinks right now that he's running again in 2024, right? So he wants to go out, you know, he wants to exit stage saying uh, they stole the election. It was all rigged. It was the swamp, but I fought to the very, very end. And they want to create that the story, right? So this all requires this just to drag out as long as possible. And, uh, I mean, not sure what to do. And you know what? One thing that Trump has really exposed is just how frail our institutions really are. That they really have been propped up by tradition and the expectation of common decency and respect for our nation's institutional uh, dem- democratic norms and ideals. And so, when you have somebody like Trump and his crew that have zero respect for that, and a Republican Party that is afraid, terrified of Donald Trump, or you know, best, you know, the best you can say is that they're terrified. There's a lot of Republicans that are actually with Trump in those undemocratic, uh, small D. Uh, democracy, anti-democracy views that Trump has. So um like Lady G. Yeah. I wish one of the things that would have been nice to have a Senate, a a Senate majority, because at best we'll have 50-50, which will be better than McConnell being in charge, but it's going to be very hard to make anything pass in a 50-50 Senate. Um I was hoping that we'd at least be able to shore up those institutions, sort of institutionalize in law some of these these ideals, you know, stuff like Releasing your tax returns and not profiting from—if you own a business, you can't steer a business that way. If you're in government, you know Trump has been enriching his his co- companies um, by you know 300 golfing outings to his properties in uh, in the last four years. Uh, things like the independence of the Justice Department. So there were things that were always assumed. And Trump just blew those norms out of the water, exposed that there was no teeth. He just broke the law, and the law had no teeth and and the, the response was, well, the constitutional remedy for this was impeachment, and obviously that does not work when you have a, a you know this kind of partisanized country where one party is just totally fine with law breaking. So there has to be real consequences, real money, jail, that sort of thing and that needs to be written into new law and so i was hoping that we'd have a senate that could sort of shore up these institutions because i'm not so much worried about trump right now he'll be gone from the immediate, you know from the white house he's not going to be there in january i'm more worried i'm not even worried that much about 2024 trump and i think we talked about it last week mark i'm never underestimating trump again i actually think he has a superpower so i don't think he would be easy to beat in 2024 so not saying that but what I'm really worried about is the next fascist ideologue who is smart, you know, like a Putin style um, Republican who will come in and actually do real damage because he's not so dumb. I mean, Mark, Donald Trump told us his plan in, in Philadelphia, like that, that he was, they were gonna challenge all the ballots that came in after election day, right? So what the Democrats do is they made sure they got all the ballots in before election day. Had he not done that people may have been like, I can wait. Yeah. I don't know if you saw in in Philadelphia only 500 ballots arrived after uh, Tuesday. Yeah, not a big deal. So what happens when you have a Trump type of ideologue fascist without the dumbness of Donald Trump? That's what I'm afraid of.
1: Um, Should Lady G, speaking of jail, should Lady G be prosecuted? I mean, he's literally he or she is, he says, Lady G. So I'm not sure. Uh, Lady G is is tampering. He called the Georgia um, uh, uh, Secretary of State and tried to talk him into throwing out ballots. That's not tampering. That's not against the law, <laughs>
2: Lady G. I actually didn't get it until right now. I oh, <laughs> was a little slow on the uptake there. I was slow on the uptake. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pass it off, but no. Okay. I'm owning it. I'm owning it. I'm a little slow this morning. Okay. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, y- yes. Yes. And then you, you claim, oh, I talked to all these secretary of states. They all came out and said, no, he didn't. <laughs> and the thing is that, that, it's actually kind of remarkable, Mark, that we have this Republican Secretary of State in Georgia who is under assault by everybody, and he's actually trying to do a good thing. He's actually trying to do his job. And it is bizarre, to say the least, how surprised I am at a Republican not trying to subvert democracy. And uh, um, yeah, the fact that that he had other staff on the call when, when Senator Graham called him asking to throw out ballots is uh, sort of takes it away from he said, she said, right. There's actual evidence, there's corroboration. And, and that the, the, that Republican, I forget his name because it's like a long German name. Um, but um, he, uh, he made sure he covered his, his tracks, uh, that he covered his bases to make sure that he had witnesses to that conversation. Uh, and I suspect he did because I'm sure a lot of other Republicans are trying to do the same thing trying to subvert that vote count.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that's but like you said, he's Republican. He's not going along with it. He probably realizes there's life
2: after Trump and Lady G.
1: Uh,
2: Sure. Maybe just it's democracy. Maybe there's some of them left that still actually respect that. Now for sure you're gonna see him be challenged in twenty twenty two. I mean he's up for reelection and you better believe that they're gonna the Trump's Trumpkins are gonna throw a challenger because he didn't steal an election. But um, so he may pay a price. I hope not. I hope he survives. And I hope we beat him with a Democrat in the general election. But um, that's what the Republican Party is left with. I mean, it's it's actually whatever happens with Trump, this Republican Party is tainted with it. And they're not going to be able to pretend that it didn't happen. That this never existed.
1: You mentioned Trump's superpower, which you have identified as the hidden deplorables yeah. Who surface when he's on the ballot? Mm-hmm. When he's not on the ballot, maybe not. So that's his superpower. What happens January 5th, do you think in Georgia with Trump not on the ballot? Does that help Ossoff and Warnock win Georgia?
2: So I want to be very, 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 very clear that it's a theory, not a prediction, not a not even an expectation. Okay. Uh, the way I'm framed, I'm assuming they all turn out every Republican that voted in, in you know, two, Tuesdays ago, they're all going to turn out. That's we have to assume that because we have to make sure we turn out everybody that we turned out and more if we can, because that's this is, <laughs> you know, the Senate is at stake. The ability of Biden to do anything is at stake. So we have to do that. That's my assumption that uh, that's my that's my assumption. Now if my theory is true there will you know there might be a drop off and obviously that would make our job easier to win but also it would mean that we're looking better for 2022 if republicans can't turn out the trumpy base when trump is not on the ballot it makes it easier for us to make gains if they turn out anyway and we're about to find out in january if they turn out, regardless of whether Trump is on the ballot, then things are going to be pretty tough in 2022, especially since the, the, the Senate races that we have to pick up are going to be places like Iowa and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, states that, that um are close or are Republican-leaning, Republican-edge. Um, I'll say this, Mark, they didn't turn out in 2019. They didn't turn out in 2018. They didn't turn out in 2017. So... Recent history suggests, like, I didn't think they were going to turn out again, right, in 2020, because they, they hadn't been turning out, but they did turn out, this, this deplorable has turned out. Um, I think we talked about this last week, Mark, but I, I just, the numbers we're talking about, Donald Trump won Georgia in 2016 by five points, and from 2016 to 2020, he got 360,000 New votes: three hundred sixty thousand more Georgians turned out for Donald Trump in twenty twenty than did in two thousand sixteen. Right, and he won by five points. It should have been enough. Should have been enough. But Stacey Abrams and allied organizations and amazing Georgia volunteers—I mean, that, that <laughs> Georgia liberals are like the best organized in the country right now—they turned out an extra five hundred eighty-five hundred ninety thousand votes in just four years, which again. Like every time I, I think about that, it just blows my mind. That's how we went from losing by five points to winning by a sliver, even though Donald Trump got three hundred sixty thousand more votes. Now, that three hundred sixty thousand uh, more votes, they didn't turn out for for Jack Kemp in two thousand eighteen. They didn't turn out. These are Trump voters. Will they turn out for Kerry Lowfler and 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 Purdue to Milka Toast? you know, nothing burger, uh, standard Republicans. That's the big question. The other one is, are, are people going to turn out? That's the other big one. And so we turn out our people. And if we do things right, Joe Biden won. So if we do what we need to do and get our people out, we're going to win no matter what. But I would like some breathing room. I'm hoping they don't turn out because I think that would bode well for 2022 and uh, moving ahead until the next Trump shows up. Right, and that and that
1: proves your, your theory, which I think is is not far-fetched at all, which is actually pretty sound. Have you any more um, revelations from November 3rd in terms of what you and civics have been looking at?
2: Uh, nothing yet. Um, I mean, things still sort of kind of trickling in, right? So we now know that the youth vote nearly doubled from 2016 to 2020. Um, every single close race that uh, that, um, that we saw in the ballot, including Joe Biden's presidential victory, I think uh, can you know, owes a huge debt of gratitude to that youth vote, went up to 56%, from like 28 to 56%. Uh, that means we still have a lot of low-hanging fruit. The early data also suggests that the white vote, that white rural vote that has killed us, it's pretty maxed out. So even if you know Trump keeps being Trump and keeps turning out these people, they're dying off. They're moving away from those rural districts. Young people are moving away from those rural districts. Those are dying areas. And then like graphically, we're we're still marching ahead. So in two thousand, um, in two thousand, what was it? Two thousand um, twelve. Obama lost Texas by about 15 points. Hillary, four years later, lost it by nine. Biden lost it by six. It's marching in the right direction. I mean, those are the demographics. It's all marching in the right direction. Um, on the other hand, um, less hopeful about that upper Midwest. I think we're in real danger. It's really, really white. Places like Minnesota, I would be surprised to see Minnesota turn red in the next 20 years. So we need to shore up those places like Georgia, Texas, Arizona, create a new base presidential base um, for support because white people are being white people and we're losing them. (laughs)
1: Um, You had also written a little bit and talked about it on your own show. Um, What Biden can actually do um, on day one, what he may even be able to do, whether we get to set it right away, or not? There's certain things he can do from the resolute desk, can he
2: yeah, and um i would I would encourage everybody to um check out the american prospect um a uh, old friend David Day and over at the American Prospect has a series called the Day One Agenda, and the entire premise it, premise is that the federal agencies have an immense amount of power under existing law, so you don't need to pass anything new, and a lot of it would require some pretty creative use uh, use of the law. Um, and you have a hostile Supreme Court. So, for example, there is a there's a law that says um, it was there was a cannot, uh, there was a environmental disaster in a in a county in Montana. So, there was a law passed that basically said that a county that has suffered environmental catastrophe can have Medicare for all. This is all, it's in the law. In this, this town, everybody in this town has Medicare, even right. uh, no matter their age. You can declare, because of climate change, you can declare the whole country an environmental disaster. And, um, and so you have Medicare for all. It doesn't require anything having I to do with Congress, nothing at all. Now, of course, it would, you know, Republicans would sue, would go to the Supreme Court. Uh, point B, and it's a 6-3 court, would the court vote against people having health care? I mean, there's a political question mm-hmm. and it's a real political question. And if they do, Democrats have something to run down. That's right. Right. So, right. so the, the question isn't, will it get through the Supreme Court? It's to use the power already granted by existing law and then let and then not being constrained by what the Supreme Court might or might not do. And then use that to run, one, to run for a bigger Senate majority, but two, importantly, court expansion. Because you know, the Supreme Court Republicans, they got a state of execution because they were able to keep the Senate. And I don't think a 50-50 Senate gets us to a court expansion. But this is not a battle that ends today, right? And there's gonna be an election in two years. And so, our ability to grow to to get a majority is still on the table. Our, our, uh, and the more the Supreme Court stands in the way of progress, the more ammunition we're going to have to uh, to both you know electorally to try to win those Senate seats and to expand the court once that becomes a political battle.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's important. Um, so hopefully, you can get some of those things done, folks. As always get in touch with everyone you know in Georgia. And if you don't know anybody, get in touch with someone who knows someone in Georgia. And I'm hearing um, the absentee ballot requests
2: are already up in the high six figures. And yes, in black areas. Black absentee ballots are crushing, yeah. are crushing it. I have no doubt that they're doing this well, too. I was going to go to Georgia visit my brother. He lives in Atlanta with his family, but with COVID, it's just, it's just probably not a good idea, so... Um, if you, I mean, yeah, if you have anybody, if you know anybody in, in Georgia, please, 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 please get them. They start getting their ballots in and get them in early. So the GOTV operation, those get out the vote people can focus on people who haven't turned in their ballots. And if you're watching the show, you're a super activist, you know, people in Georgia, do do what you need to do to get those people to, to, um, to vote. We need these seats. Absolutely. Very important folks gotta make it happen
1: civics with a q dailycoast.com as always thursday coast with marcos
2: thanks marcos thank you so much have a great weekend please stay safe yeah you too man you and yours as well
1: thanks for getting woke and listening to make it plain please remember to listen like subscribe and wherever you get your podcasts please give the show a five-star rating and please do spread the word Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.